In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, sponsored by Endris and Hauser a global leader in process automation and measurement instrumentation. Andrus and Hauser, the people for process automation. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and want to make sure it stays on the air, would you do me a favor? Right now, go to cx.endrus.com forward slash HSE dash podcast. Let me give you a chance to grab a pen and write it down. If you can't do so right now, we'll put the address in the show notes. But again, it's cx.endres, that's E-N-D-R-E-S-S dot com forward slash H-S-E dash podcast. Go there and sign up for the monthly giveaway there. This not only gives you a chance at a nice prize, but lets Endres and Hauser know you're listening. Today, I'm joined with John Simeon, the co-founder of Virtual Badge. Hello, John. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, when I say I'm joined by, obviously we aren't face-to-face. So where are you as we speak right now? I'm based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Now, that is on the Atlantic side? Yes, sir. We're about 70 miles north of Miami. So did you guys get a storm at the first of this month? Not really. I live kind of close to the water, and so we had some down branches, but most of the storm kind of skirted off the coast. I think that where we live in West Palm Beach is a little lucky because a storm kind of has to hit the Bahamas or Haiti before it hits us. Okay, so it gives you a little little bit of protection there or whatever. Mm-hmm. So is this where Virtual Badge is? Is this where your home office is? Yeah, yeah. We're based here in South Florida. So what is Virtual Badge? Great question. So You could summarize our product as it's a digital identity platform, but it can be as little as an ID badge on your phone, but it can be as much as a workforce management and compliance platform. Wow, that sounds like a mouthful. How does... (laughs) Let's talk about the digital ID card aspect first. You have an app that works for both iPhones and Androids, right? Yes, sir. It's a ID badging app where basically workers or contractors or whoever needs to get badged by their company or their, you know, their whoever they're working for, they simply download the virtual badge app and then they apply for the badge through the company that they want to work for. And that's kind of where the process starts. And there's several advantages to that. As a matter of fact, I know, of course, it hasn't happened since March now, but when my wife always went to her office, she had not so much an ID card, but she had a a card or key card that that let her into the office, especially after hours and that sort of thing. And uh, she was always misplacing that thing. As long as you don't misplace your phone here, you're in good shape, right? Exactly. Yeah, this is a totally contactless system. So basically... You apply for the badge on your phone. When management approves your information, the badge is unlocked on your phone. And from there, you show your phone if you need to display the badge. But because of that, you can't really lose it. You can't fake the badge. You can't give the badge to somebody else. 
And thus, it becomes something that's much more easy to control for the issuing organization. And actually, from an environmental standpoint, you're not printing plastic badges and, and, and all that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's a lot cleaner environmentally. Yeah. And because of that, it also is easier to deploy to individual like users because nobody has to show up to get a badge. I don't have to train another person on how to use like a, a badging software, which is usually pretty complex. And so with this system, you can get somebody ready to go in as little as 30 seconds. And a lot of times that badge process can can actually delay getting people on a job by a day or two. So this speeds the process up quite a bit, right? Yeah. And we found so many issues with plastic badges that with a digital ID badge, it kind of mitigates a lot of the problems. Like I could go into some of the problems. We actually got started with this technology doing disaster response work at the BP oil spill back in 2010. So this is your connection to the oil and gas industry? Yes. And that's, you say, when you started, you weren't already in business doing it for other industries and whatnot? No, we created this technology. So let me back up. Our company does disaster response work and Virtual Badge was created as a result of you know what we've done and what we've experienced. And we've translated what we've done in disasters with this product to the construction, oil and gas industry, and a whole host of other industries where basically we're using the same concepts and are successful at applying them to these other industries. So that's fascinating. So you were originally a disaster relief company, primarily for oil and gas spills or what? Well, the product can be used for any type of disaster. Like for instance, last year we used it in Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas, but we've used this for earthquakes, for tornadoes, for oil spills, for pretty much any type of natural disaster. And it is all oriented around reporting back information to the government in order to secure reimbursement or to prove that work was actually done correctly. And so actually at the BP oil spill, we noticed that the badging system that they use with the plastic IDs just totally failed. And we realized that if you added a digital ID component on top of collecting what information you've done in the field, you could marry the identity back to what was actually done. And so with our system, when I'm talking about it being a compliance management and workforce management system, yes, it starts with that badge, but the badge can be tied into internal systems to keep track of things like compliance with trainings, with safety, and with whatever might be required by either the government or by that company to let people into a restricted zone. And so our badges collect the important compliance information. And then once that's collected, the badges can be issued and the badges then track that compliance information and then allow the badge holders to submit information in the field. So to talk about what we did at the BP oil spill, field workers, like every boat that went out in Louisiana used this product and they basically reported what they found. So if they went to an area and they found a lot of boom that was misplaced, they would take pictures of that and map it 
And then all of that would be tied back to both the operations system. So BP could then task out other workers to go fix that boom and place it where it needed to go. But it also went back to things like logistics and finance, because now there's a record that shows that Joe, you know, John Doe worked from 5 a.m. until 3 p.m. that day. Does that make sense? So, you know, originally when I looked at your website and when I looked at the concept of virtual badge and I was was thinking, you know, basically what we're doing here is, you know, kind of like we're replacing when you get on an airplane, you don't have to print a boarding pass anymore. You just, you know, show the boarding pass on your phone. But this is a very comprehensive and complex software system that tracks all kinds of data management points. Is that right? Yeah, that's a good way of describing the system. We built it modularly. So if a client didn't want to, say, track time with the badges, they don't have to. It's totally up to the client in terms of how much of a solution they want to use with our platform. So what is your background? Are, are you a are you computer geek? Are you write code? What do you do? You could call me a computer geek. Yeah. Uh, I, went to, <laughs> <laughs> I went to the University of Florida to do civil engineering. So totally unrelated to computers, but you know, I've been using computers since I was four. So me and my other co-founder have done, you know, a, a bit of the development work on this and yeah. Now is his, what's his background? His background is in computer science. Okay. All right. So between civil engineering and computer science. And so that's kind of, I guess the, the civil engineering part led you toward maybe the disaster relief aspect and then you guys figured out how to to take technology and software and and really create a efficient system for helping take care of these problems it's been a lot of hard work i'll tell you that (laughs) because being on the ground in these disasters is some of the hardest environments that you could use a software product in but it's also the greatest testing ground to make sure that everything works correctly because it has to work yeah, and you need, I guess, when you're in some of these areas, what about cell phone reception and, and problems with that? Great question. So we actually have a patent on how our system can transmit the data in an offline environment. But in a nutshell, our system can cache all the data. And when you get back into connectivity, it uploads it. So it's fully designed for a disaster type environment, but because of that, it translates well to a lot of these like construction and oil and gas environments where you're kind of off the grid already. Exactly. So, you know, one of the things you have in, in one of your presentations that you sent me was you talk, you talk about in your presentation what you call a tsunami of response data. But when all of this kind of stuff is going on. You've got people everywhere. There's people on the phone. There's people sending email messages. You've got two-way radio communications. Then you've got people who are affected by the disaster, whom we'll call the victims. Then you've got the people who try to, who are out there actually helping and, and, and they're volunteers. Then you've got the professional first responders you got people taking pictures, you got people taking notes, you got people running Excel spreadsheets and and handwritten notes and all sorts of paper forms. And your actual system 
brings all that together, right? Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. It's one reason why it starts with the badge, because we need to register who that person is, what their role is, and make sure that they actually have everything they need to, to work. And then once they've got all of that, then management has like a direct portal to task them and track their time and keep just basically keep track of operational type data that's required to be more efficient, to be safer, and just generally speaking, to get the job done better. Okay, so get the job done better. Let's talk about economics, though. You know, there's there's a lot of things out there that a lot of times managers will look at or or COOs will look at or CFOs will look at. They say this is all all great and wonderful, but, you know, can we afford it? Yeah, we've definitely heard that. At this point, we've got two models to price our system, depending on what the client might need. There's a per user, per year model. And then we also have an unlimited model that's kind of per site. So for a lot of our clients in construction, for instance, we just have a blanket package that we can sell them for each project that guarantees like unlimited badges and full use of the the capabilities of the system. And then our team kind of walks the stakeholders through how to, how you can onboard people with the system and exactly how to derive the value out of virtual badge. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you can probably demonstrate that when you're talking to a company and they're looking at, at those two different options, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really just depends on what the client wants. So you started out with BP. You have a strong connection with the oil and gas industry, especially as it relates to what we call environmental disasters, because I think you're you're working on another one right now, aren't you? Yeah, our team is, is negotiating with the Nigerian government in the rivers state. So like the southeastern part of the country where there's a river delta, there was a shell, well, there is a shell pipeline there that has caused tons of problems in terms of spills that haven't been cleaned up. And so basically the government got a big payment from Shell. And so they are starting to clean up that area. It's called Ogani land. There's actually a really cool vice documentary that they made that kind of, it goes right into it where they, they see some of the illegal refineries and it talks quite a bit about the environmental problems that are going on there in terms of basically just spills that they haven't been able to clean up. And so you guys are using this technology to help, I guess, coordinate a plan or put together, they're they're going to start cleaning up these messes? Yeah, yeah. We've been over there once so far to do like a survey with with them. And so we're just negotiating the details. Any uh, other exciting things you got going on right now? Well, actually, we did just sign two companies that are in the horse auction business. So that was something new for us. I haven't really talked about COVID-19 with respect to virtual badge either. And so I can do that right now. Well, let's do that. Sure. So we've created a package for COVID-19 with virtual badge that kind of helps keep track of, let's call it contact tracing. So beyond that, so, so let me back up. What we are doing for some of our clients already is basically making the badge holders upload COVID negative tests to get their badge. And we've also had some surveys that we can put in the app that will basically say, I don't have any symptoms. I'm good to go to be on site and they can sign. 
And then we also can do contact tracing with the app where basically if I scan you into any zone or a building, it keeps a record of when you were there. And so some of our clients have already used this as a way to quarantine other people that were in the same building at the same time as someone who tested positive. So that's one thing that we're doing for COVID-19. And so specific to these horse auctions and the Breeders' Cup, it's basically if you're going into the show to possibly buy a horse, you're going to have to prove that you don't have COVID. And so they use virtual badge as that tool to do it. Oh, that's, that's a great application. That could work for a lot of, that could work for everybody. And we're actually working on automated testing, which will be available very shortly. It's partnered through a national laboratory. And basically, your company can order the COVID test and they get sent to you know me at home. I'm home. I get the test. I take the test. I send it back via one-day shipping. And then they process the test. And if I pass it, I automatically get issued a virtual badge. Well, I can definitely see the efficiency and the convenience in that. John, if people want to find out more about Virtual Badge, I guess they can go to your website, virtualbadge.com. Yes, sir. We'll put that in the show notes. I assume you're on LinkedIn. If they want to contact you, we can put your LinkedIn URL into the show notes. Sure. This is the reason I think people listen to this podcast because this is this is very fascinating and and cutting edge and we bring this kind of information to bear so this is this has been been very interesting i had no idea that you could just simply replace a plastic badge with an app on your telephone and then and then bring all of this other stuff to bear on it one final thing john you guys you have a nonprofit don't you Yes, we do have a 501c3 nonprofit, and it's a disaster response nonprofit. We use, it's called the Eagles Wings Foundation, and we use the nonprofit to respond to foreign disasters. So for instance, Hurricane Dorian, we went and the Eagles Wings deployed a bunch of first responders to the Bahamas, and they used Virtual Badge to help organize all of this stuff. But, but basically, the Eagles Wings Foundation, we, we created it as a way to get supplies to the like the last mile because there are so many problems with larger relief organizations who basically take all the money for admin purposes and you don't even know where your money is going towards. And so that's why we created the Eagles Wings Foundation so that American citizens can directly help foreign disaster survivors. Yeah, that problem of, of knowing who's a legit charity and and where your money's going and how much of it's going in somebody's pocket rather than going to the victims you're trying to help that is a concern for for a lot of us so it's good to know there's something like that out there where you can confidently contribute to if you want to i guess it has its own separate website we'll we'll put that we'll post that in the show notes too yeah it's called the eagles wings foundation it's ewfrelief.org ewfrelief.org. Yes, sir. Okay. And that's Eagles. Tell me one more time. Eagles what? The Eagles Wings Foundation. Eagles Wings Foundation. All right. Well, thank you again, everyone. And 
Please tune in again next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network, and listen to our entire directory of Oil and Gas Global Network podcasts, including Oil and Gas This Week, Oil and Gas Industry Leaders, Oil and Gas Onshore, Oil and Gas Offshore, and our Pitch podcast. I'm your host, Russell Stewart, and we really do want everyone to come home safe. So thanks to our sponsor, Anderson Hauser, who is your reliable U.S.-based partner for measurement, instrumentation, services, and solutions. We are your people for process automation. Discover more about Anderson Hauser at cx.endress.com forward slash HSE dash podcast. And again, register for our monthly podcast giveaway there. Follow us on LinkedIn at Anderson Hauser Group and on Twitter at Endress underscore US. And as always, you don't have to remember all that. You can simply find it in the show notes. Please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.